bad crypto to bad cryptopians, an airdrop is headed your way. What's an airdrop, you ask? Well, let's just say there's companies out there that want to give you free tokens. In this episode, we'll tell you how to get yours. We'll answer your questions and update you on the attempt of the Bitcoin bandit to steal Travis's crypto. There's so much happening, I just can't stand it. Travis and I are ready to roll, if you are, on episode number 43 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Hey, Travis. Hey, Joe. I love your podcast. I've been listening to it for the past few weeks and uh, just wanted to contact you and let you know I just opened up a brand new worthless BitShares account and would like to receive some brand new worthless bad coin, if you don't mind. Again, I love your show. Stay bad, brothers. And here we are. Well, I'm here. He's there. Actually, Travis is overseas, and it's very late where he is, and it's the middle of the afternoon for me. Hello, Mr. Travis Wright. Hello, hello, Mr. Joe Com, and uh, the Bitcoin Bandit. I just can't stand it. Could have been a rhyme there. You missed out on a potential rhyme there, Mr. Joel well, Com. You did it. You you brought the rap. And okay, okay, that's good. That's good. Joel Com here. And Travis Wright there, and welcome to episode number 43 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. 43, we're getting old. Hey, 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 tokens and of course we want to thank you for for being here and listening and making the bad crypto podcast one of the top crypto shows in the world and bad cryptober is just about over yes bad cryptober um <laughs> been a great month it's over it's done <laughs> it's done and i, I want to say thank you though man you guys had a ton of activities and engagement on this thing that was exciting now we don't have the winner yet because we still got to go through all the things. The winner will be announced shortly. Yeah, we'll be distributing bad coin to those of you who participated, and we'll announce the winner uh, probably the first week in November. We should be able to announce that to you. And we are approaching 300 members in our Telegram group. The conversation there is fantastic. Lots of people asking questions, providing answers, and just uh, crypto good fun. And you can join at badco.in forward slash Telegram. And we'd love to see you there. You know, actually, to be quite frank, I don't go there a whole lot just because Telegram is not something that's in my normal channels. I, I peek in periodically. But what's interesting about that is that the uh, the members themselves are leading the conversation and answering questions and whatnot. So it's, it's kind of taken over a life of its own. Now, if you guys are on Facebook, make sure to go ahead and connect on the Bad Crypto Mastermind Facebook group over there. You can get to that at badco.in forward slash mastermind. Yes, please do. And finally, before we get to your questions, I just wanted to say that I'm happy to have brought another friend to the Bitcoin universe, my buddy Ken Soret, who is the founder and director of waterislife.com. They are one of the leading organizations that is bringing 
are bringing clean water solutions to third world countries because 10,000 people a day die from waterborne illness from not having clean water. And, you know, next time you go run your tap or open a bottle of water, just be grateful that this is something that we get to take for granted. But a lot of people, and he asked me, can I accept Bitcoin? And I said, yes, you can. And I helped him to set up an Exodus wallet and I sent him his first Bitcoin. He was just thrilled to get it and he put it on his website. So if you want to encourage him as well, a hundred percent of donations to water is life go to saving lives goes directly to these solutions for bringing clean water to the third world countries. Go to waterislife.com forward slash donate and then you'd be able to say that you did some good stuff yeah so every time you take a drink of delicious water like i am right now donate a little bit of something something not every time because that could get expensive but think about all the people out there who do not have delicious fresh agua and now you can donate the bitcoin that's pretty sweet yes it is all right let's jump over to the mailbag you have one new message Hey, Travis and Joel, this is John out in the Communist Republic of California. A uh, question on two-factor authentication. I heard you talk about it a lot on this past episode. I do have it on my phone for uh, Coinbase and Amazon. I uh, was wondering what the process is to transfer that to a new device. Uh, my phone's getting old and maybe getting a new one. I'm wondering how to move that Google authenticator app to a new device anyway thanks for your help and stay bad that is a great question and one that i had wondered about myself because i don't know about you travis but i have the authenticator on my iphone and what happens if you have to start over with another device so basically there's a link in the show notes that can give you the step-by-step access on how to actually move it over. So it's not too hard to do, but it's not, it's, it's a kind of an interesting process. All right. So according to the article there on CNET, what you want to do first is you want to install and sign into the app on your brand new device. Then you're going to head to Google's two-step verification page uh, using a browser on your computer. And so you may need to log into your Google account to do that. Then there's a little pencil next to the authenticator section. You got to pop that up and and it's going to ask if you want to switch phones or remove authenticator from your account altogether. And then next, what you got to do is the same thing as whenever you set it up the first time is you have to scan that QR code using the authenticator app. And then you need to enter that authentication code that appears on the screen when you verify your device. That's that's just like the the login process when you use two-step verification. So uh, yeah, go go to that link there and walk through it. If you have any questions on that, that actually works in Android and in iOS. And good luck there in the Communist Republic of California. (laughs) And if there's any question about whether or not you should be using 2FA anywhere you want to secure something, then the incident that happened with Travis should just be another red flag. And we'll talk about that in a moment, but let's see here. We have an email from Declan. Declan, all the way from across the pond. And he actually, why don't you read this with the Scottish accent for us, Travis? Declan asks, say I make millions in crypto in the coming years. I want to live the dream with my new wealth. How does crypto work with being taxed? For example, do I take my million in crypto and put it in a bank account as dollars? What happens? 
What happens indeed, Declan? Well, not only are we not financial advisors, <laughs> we're also not certified public accountants or attorneys. Surprise, surprise. There's so many things that we are not. We're also not licensed. Actuaries, we're not those. We're not doctors. Um, <laughs> not an attorney. Uh, not a I'm rocket not scientist. dashingly handsome. No, not well, young anymore. <laughs> you know, that's... <laughs> That's a matter of opinion. Uh, you know, we are also not nuclear physicists. So if you ask us any questions about nuclear physics, we are likely to give you a disclaimer. However, I have a brother who is a certified public accountant and has been his whole adult life. He's a widget counter. Our discussions would indicate that once you move your crypto to fiat, that is when it becomes a taxable event. Uh, but you will need to consult with your own CPA to see how they wish to handle that. That is a good point there, Mr. Jokam. It is not taxable, at least in theory, until it becomes cash money. All right. Speaking of cash money and people trying to get all up in my cra- in my cash money, uh, let's talk about the news. I thought you were going to say get all up in my crack. <laughs> <laughs> The Bitcoin bandit got up in Travis's crack. In lieu of crypto news, we're just going to do a follow-up right now on what happened to Travis last week when he got hacked and the Bitcoin bandit, as he liked to call himself, attempted to steal crypto. If you want to hear more about exactly what happened on the front end of this, go listen to episode number 41 for more details. Uh, But what we're going to do now is an update on what happened because you had to get on a plane the day after this happened. You know, there wasn't much you could deal with at that point, but bring us up to date. It was a nightmare. I mean, it really was a, it was one of those processes of like, oh shit, I got to figure all this stuff out here. There's so many steps to securing yourself after a hack, right? Because you don't know which accounts have, have all been have been, you know, compromised. We changed all the bad crypto podcast ha- uh, passwords as well, just because of the, um, just the connectivity of the different accounts, right? So, so once they called T-Mobile and T, and then, so here's what's interesting is, so I talked to a T-Mobile, I talked to a senior executive at the executive response team at T-Mobile, and they said that they're looking at my case with the utmost of interest because they want to make sure that this doesn't happen in the future. So they, they have said that they are doing everything in their power to remedy the solution, so to find a solution so this doesn't happen for other people. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting is that apparently they did not have my PIN number, but they had my social security number. So somehow, which I would assume probably on the dark web, some, you know, with the whole Equifax thing, um, my social security number had gotten out there. Yeah, I'm sure there's a, there's so much data out there. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's got to be social security. There's got to be names, addresses, phone numbers, emails. Mm-hmm. I, I have no doubt that that stuff is readily available to the to the degree that there's so much that you know hackers don't even have time to deal with all of them. Yeah, right. I mean, especially I mean, you and I are both pretty publicly facing, right? So we're out there and we're out and about and. People know what people can find our emails pretty easily. If they find, you know, my cell phone's on my email. So if I ever send an email to somebody, my cell phone number's on it, right? Uh, and so there's a lot of there's a lot of dot connecting that people can do. And so this guy called in to T-Mobile, got them to switch my phone number over to a brand new SIM on 
for his device, and that is called a SIM card swap. And uh, they didn't port the number. Porting a number is when you go from one phone carrier over to another phone carrier. So what happened in my instance was a SIM card swap. And so what's on my account now is a SIM card swap block. There is a port, a, n- a number porting swap uh, block on my phone that would take, I think, up to 12 hours to be verified and need to go into the store to be able to do any of those things. And so those are features that you can get on your account. They don't offer that regularly. However, they, they probably will be doing so more, especially as people in the crypto space are, are being hacked. And so what was, what was interesting is that once the dude hacked my phone, got, got my phone number on his device, he was able to reset my Gmail account. And then he was also able to reset my uh, TW at com account. And then once that happened, basically those were set up with not two-factor authentication and all you needed was to have my phone number and you could reset those passwords, right? So they reset the passwords on both of those accounts, which then gave him access to my Twitter handle and also gave him access to reset my Apple ID, right? Now, what they didn't do is they didn't successfully crack any of your crypto and that's, you know, cause you don't really keep it on the exchanges. And so if you want more details on that, go back to episode 41 and listen uh, where we left off there is that you were able to, uh, the, the guy left find my iPhone on, on his device. And you were able to access that because the mm-hmm. find my iPhone was connected to your number and you sent him a message uh, and you erased and locked his phone. Yes, remotely. So once he logged into his phone with my Apple ID, I then got control back of my Apple ID, turned on two-factor authentication on my Apple ID immediately. Then I blocked him out of the device so he couldn't log out of it, nor could he do anything else with the device because he couldn't log in with the password because his password was now incorrect which prohibited for him to go, I guess, to go in and, un, and to, uh, to sign out. So once that happened, I was able to open up Find iPhone app on my phone, and I could see exactly where the dude lived. I mean, I took a screenshot of his exact address. I see exactly where he is. And then it gave me that feature that says, send an alarm to find the phone, message the phone, or erase the phone. So I sent a message to the phone. And then I erased the phone, <laughs> which to me was awesome. I mean, that was that I was smiling at that point because I was like, <laughs> you may have got me, but I just got you and deleted all of your stuff. Right. And then you started tweeting him and telling him that I've locked your phone. And he was, he was, no, asking. no, that's not true. No, well, he tweeted happen? me the very next day from a different account. Okay. Right. And it said, um, well, see, cause here's the, here's the thing I hadn't thought of. Right. So once he was able to get into my Gmail account, for about, I don't know, up until about three years ago, I was uploading my photos to Google Photos, right? And so if he went into Drive, then he was able to see those photos from like three to six years ago, there was a window. And one of the files in there was a picture of my driver's license that I had to use to verify something mm-hmm. for some travel or some event. I had to send somebody a, a picture of my driver's license or whatever. And somehow that got uploaded to Google Photos, right? And so he sent me a picture uh, he sent me a tweet to my account and said, uh, you better unlock, I don't know if this is the exact, but he said something along the lines of, uh, you better unlock my phone or else I'm going to take all of your information and upload it 
to the deep web. Yeah, so he threatens you. And, mm-hmm. and I know that you don't take kindly to being threatened. Well, especially really is the deep web. It's the dark web, bro. The deep web is not real. I mean, there's a term for deep web, but it's really, it's not called the deep web. Uh, there's the deep state. That's different, but it's the dark web. And I just had a feeling that this kid was, was just BSing. And so I, I took him to, I took him, I took his bluff and I started saying back to him, I was like, dude, I was like, well, uh, I got notified that there is a big cybersecurity uh, school there in the city that he lives. And chances are the kid went there. And then so knowing his name and knowing his address, I was able to contact the community uh, college there. Sure enough, the kid, the kids associated with them there. And so I, I basically tweeted him and said, well, I've contacted this community college. I've contacted the Worth Police and the FBI. And uh, you'd, be, you'd be wise to apologize to me. <laughs> and then he went back and forth. He's like, oh, you're going to threaten me? Well, then I, I guess it's on. He goes, let's go. And I was like, okay. And then what was funny was, is that um, I have, I have, you know, so I was, I worked at Semantic, right? I was the global digital strategist there. And so I got some cool friends in different places. And this dude messages me and says, hey, he goes, that guy who's tweeting you, he goes, here's his other Twitter account. And here's his girlfriend's Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> And so I, I went online, I went on his Instagram and started taking pictures of him and his girlfriend. And was you tweeting. doxed him. You totally doxed this guy. <laughs> and then he freaked out, dude. And then, then he threatened me one more time. And then I sent him the picture of his exact location of his address. It didn't have his address on it. It just said, here's the pinpoint and here's your house. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, you would be wise to apologize. So he sends me a direct message on Twitter and kind of gives me a half-ass apology And so I said, well, here's what I want from you. I go, you need to delete everything that you've downloaded from me and make me a video of it. You send me a video of you deleting everything that you have, and then maybe I'll unlock your phone. But that's not all you said. I had to laugh because one of your tweets said, delete them, apologize, and call me King Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) That was fantastic. (laughs) And the long and short of it is he Uh, did. He sent you the video, he deleted everything, and he apologized. (laughs) He did not call me the King Daddy. But that was what was so hilarious. It was like at that point, I knew I had him, and so then I was just cracking jokes because I thought that shit was funny. By that, and plus, I was actually on the airplane. I was flying over the Atlantic at this right. time. You when were I was texting me. You were showing me pictures, and you know, tell me where this was. Yeah, yeah. So I was actually over. I was actually over the Atlantic while this was going on. And um, you know what, then he sent me a video of him deleting all the stuff. I had a conversation with him. I said, you know what? I said, this is a dangerous path for you to go down. I go, karma is very, very vicious. And it will come back on you, especially since this guy's obviously very young, not very experienced. And I, and, and he, he sent back to me and he goes, well, you know, it's like, I've always thought that you needed to make, you need to have money to make money. And I'm like, no, dude, what you need to do is you need to be able to add value to people. If you can add value to what people are trying to do, people will pay you a lot of money if you can add right. value to what they're trying to do. I go, dude, think about us, man. We're doing a podcast. We're adding value to people. We're helping people out. We're not even asking for anything, but opportunities are flying our way because we're adding value. If you look for ways to add value to others, value comes back to you. I go, now here's the deal. And I ask him what, his, I ask him what he learned from all of this. He goes, well, for one, he goes, the doing all this stuff is probably not a good idea. And two, <laughs> if I do this some more, I need to make sure that I'm way more careful. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I think he's going to look back if he's smart, if, he, if he's wise, 
then he'll look back and be glad that he got caught because this could really go down a bad path. You start getting away with stuff. Eventually you get caught. It always comes back. People don't get away with stuff. You know, they might be for the moment, but what goes around does come around. And I'm glad that that had a, uh, a reasonably happy resolution. And it's, it's leading to some pretty cool stuff, isn't it? As a result of this, you're in touch not only with, you know, a key person at T-Mobile, but there's also a cybersecurity expert that you've been speaking with. Yeah, so the conversations that were that were taking place been really it's been really fascinating. So I I've been chatting with uh, somebody at the CEO of, of T Mobile's office, and they are looking to how to how to cut this off at the pass so this can't happen anymore. And it's looking like you know what they'll probably do is end up changing the policy so that you cannot do a SIM card swap. Uh, without doing it at a retail location. So that's the that's the change that we want to have happen because there's been all kinds of people who are really big in this space who have had a lot of crypto stolen and primarily those who have been on T-Mobile, right? Huh. Now, but some of the other phone carriers are not immune, right? So there are some other ones that this is that that have that have had some things happen as well. Like you were actually connecting with a with a phone company and and talking yeah. to them about their process, right? Yeah, yeah. So I I'm with Verizon. And I called them and I wanted to check their security. Now they have from the get go, a lockdown that is better. You have to call from the device you're on and put in the pin number and you only get like two tries. And if it screws up, it locks your account. And then it opens up a whole can of you got security questions. But what I wanted to do is see if they had a second level of security. And it turns out you have to alert them that you want this, but they're able to put a notice on your account that even if somebody gets the PIN, that a six-digit PIN number needs to be sent to the your device. And you have to tell them while you're on the line with them that six-digit PIN. So it's just, it's not even possible. However, I made some other suggestions about a second-level security question. And the guy said that he went to his superiors and they said, you know, we need to look at that. Um, nobody has suggested that. And we understand the importance of locking down these accounts because it really, the human element really is the weakest link in all this technology we use. And if people can port uh, SIMs or numbers by getting through to that weakest link, then it doesn't matter what level of security you have. But it's cool that they are very responsive as well. And, uh, you know, I don't know if anybody, uh, I'm sure some people out there are on AT&T and Sprint. We would love to hear from you. Go ahead and call your provider and find out what kind of security is required to make any changes to your account. And uh, call us at 708-885-9030 or write us badcryptopodcast at gmail.com or go to the contact form on our website, which is good for a a, a many multitudinous ways of contacting us. It's badcryptopodcast.com forward slash contact. And we'd love to hear what your experience is. Yep. Yep. That is so true. Uh, People are often the weakest link in the security chain. I believe Nick Zabo said that on the Tim Ferriss uh, podcast a few weeks back, he said the trusted third party is the weakest link. And so, you know, we're, we're trusting these mobile carriers to have our backs. And a lot of times they don't, I mean, they, they, 
actually, I think, I think they mean well. They're just trying to help the customer and give the customer a great experience that they're willing to sort of bypass certain security protocols to be able to help those customers, especially when, when those social engineering tricks of the trade are so tricky. I mean, I, I posted that in, in the episode there, like a, a lady called into a phone company, got them to switch the phone number information and, and add the her to a line and switch the password on that thing in less than two minutes. I mean, no bueno, that needs yes. to be fixed. And so we're hoping that this incident and uh, your calls to your carrier, you guys can make a difference here. You know, if we get on the phone and we start calling our providers and we say, you need to have this type of security, then they'll start listening. It's just that I don't think enough people are making those calls. So, uh, so start doing that. And yeah, I'm glad yeah. that this has a reasonable, happy mm-hmm. ending to it. I want to say this, that the person that I talked to, the senior executive on the executive response team there at T-Mobile, really had no idea about cryptocurrency. She was really completely clueless about it. So I clued her in and uh, she was like, wow, she had no idea that it was worth $170 billion <laughs> in market cap value and all this other stuff. And so there's a whole lot of stuff that the masses don't even know, including upper management people at uh, these phone companies, man. Dude, just wait until there's a cellular ICO that comes out that could totally <laughs> disrupt the industry. Well, thanks for sharing the story, Travis. Let's uh, let's move on here and hope for no more hacks and get into our feature story. So in this segment, we want to talk about how to get free cryptocurrency. And I've come up with four ways that you can get free cryptocurrency. The first one is the not recommended way, the way that the bad coin, uh, the Bitcoin bandit attempted, (laughs) and that is steal it. Right. Uh, Even that comes with a price. It could be jail time. So uh, do not steal crypto. Do not steal anything. Be a good person. Yeah. Don't, don't do, don't be a douche. Yeah. Don't do that. Do good stuff. The uh, the second way is to beg for crypto, and people do this. I don't know about you, Travis. Have you gotten any messages from people asking you to give them Bitcoin or whatever? No, but I get a whole bunch of people begging me for bad coin. <laughs> well, it's one thing to beg for worthless token, and they're not begging. We, we invited <laughs> them to uh, to ask for that. So yeah. certainly, some people get from begging, but usually, um, you know that that doesn't happen. Uh, the third way. In the fourth way are the ways that we want to talk about today, and that is to either earn free cryptocurrency through bounty programs or to get free airdrops. And the thing that inspired this is I went to my Etherscan, which is where you can basically pull up your uh, Ether wallet account, and it shows you all the transactions that have taken place and all the token transfers, everything that is basically in your wallet. And if you have somebody's Ethereum wallet address, you can put it in at etherscan.io just put it in and it will show you everything that they're holding and everything that's gone in and out. This is the transparent ledger that, uh, that drives the Ethereum blockchain. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know that I've experienced any uh, big airdrops coming my way and uh, I'm a little disappointed. You guys, where's my free, where's my free crypto? I like free crypto too. You guys, here's, here's how it works. So I, I logged in to, uh, well, you don't log in Etherscan, you just put in an address. And I noticed that up at the very top four days ago, 
the token Xenon was showing up on my Ether scan as having deposited, get this, 634.2535766288184721 coin to my account. A, an extremely long decimal point. I did not realize that Ethereum based tokens could have such long. How many, how many decimal points? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 numbers after the decimal point. Good Lord. Yeah. It's a, it's a whole lot. And there could be, I don't know, it could be longer. I know it definitely could be shorter, but I saw this Xenon in there, X E N O N. So what I did is I went and Googled Xenon to find out what's going on. And I came across the story on cointelegraph.com that we've got in the show notes massively distributed EOS derived blockchain Xenon network to begin token distribution. And it says Auckland here. This is from September 29th. So obviously they started in one region. Um, they launched this, it's Xenon.network. It's X-E-N-O-N. And the symbol is X-N-N. And what they do, uh, Travis, is they scan the blockchain for known Ethereum addresses, active addresses. And since the ledger is public, you can see, um, you know, proof of who has active addresses. And then they basically just drop tokens into your account. Well, man, that's really nice. I'm looking at my Ether scan right now. You got me all, you got me all curious. Your Ether scanning, uh, it, it's fascinating. This is not going to the, the token time. transfers area. Oh yeah, it says that I got some. Oh, I got 266 Xenon tokens. Okay, so maybe it's based on activity. Um, you know, maybe my account is more active. This is not the first time this has happened. In fact, if I look at view tokens on the token tracker, I see that I also have 99 ATM and there's a, it's called ATM chain. I don't know what it is, but I know my 99 ATM are valued at three cents a piece or $2 and 80 cents. I see a thousand Cryptonex, CNX, don't know what it is. This is on EtherScan or is this on your waves? This is on EtherScan. Wow. Uh, I have a thousand CNX in my account. I have 0.1 gold mint MNT pre launch token. I have one world core token, WRC. I have no idea what that is, Ooh. but it's been dropped into my account. And why do you think that they do this? Well, obviously, they want to create a little bit of a buzz about it and say, hey, look, check this out. Uh, I just got some Xenon tokens. What's Xenon? And they want to look about it and then think about it and share with other people, I guess. It's, a, it's kind of a fun way to build buzz in an inexpensive way for the most part. How many Xenons did you get? I got 634 points. This is an outrage. Million. This is an outrage. <laughs> Joel and I, we are equal partners. We are supposed to get the same amount of tokens, even if they are free and airdrop. I'm <laughs> well, if you go to Xenon.network, and now, you know, ac actually what's happening is they're getting exactly what they wanted, right? Because we're talking about it. It says the world's most advanced blockchain, the widest token distribution. In October, they're doing the Ethereum network airdrop. And then in November, it says Bitcoin network linked address airdrop. And then December 2017 is the proof of individuality human airdrop. Now, I don't know what that is. And you could read, I don't know what Xenon does. You could read more about it. But, uh, but the point is, is that if you have an active Ethereum wallet, 
check your, now you won't necessarily see these in your wallet, okay? Because some of these tokens you need to add to the wallet by putting in the contract address, the symbol, and whatever decimals go with it. But if you go to etherscan.io, and I can see all the listeners scrambling to go do this now, and put in your wallet address, and then click over on where it says token transfers. Uh, There's also a token tracker. You'll see a pull-down menu, and if you pull Mm -hmm. that down, it will show you the tokens you have. And if there is an associated value, it will tell you what that so value is. So you grab the transaction hash? Is that what you do? Or the from? From. You mean for the yeah. contract? Yeah. So where are the, where are the contract? Okay. So what you do for the contract is you click the text hash. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then under that, you will see from and to in the two, it says to contract. And if mm-hmm. you check the Xenon one, there's just this whole long list. I mean, they're just doing massive airdrop after massive airdrop of these tokens. So uh, it's, it's fascinating. And this is one way that you can get free tokens. And it's a more proactive way. You want to know what that is, Travis? What is that way, Mr. Joe Com? Well, we've alluded to it in the past. And now we're going to dig in a little deeper. It's called ICO Bounties. You know, a bounty is, I always think of a bounty. I put a bounty on their head. You bring that man in, you know, and they pay. Job of the hut. Right. In this case, a bounty is a reward for doing a task that helps the ICO spread the word about your coin. And many ICOs are doing this. Uh, there's, There's a lot of different things they'll reward you for, but usually what they'll do is they'll take a, um, a certain amount, you know, it could be a million of their tokens or, or, you know, 500,000, whatever it is. And there's like this bounty amount. And then based on the activities you do, they give you points for those activities. For example, writing a blog post about the ICO, sending out a tweet or a Facebook post. Each one of them has an equivalent, a a certain set value to that activity, kind of like bad Cryptober, right? And what Mm -hmm. we did was actually a bounty program. Now that I stop and think about it, duh, we've done this. Um, And then at the end of the period, the bounties are divided and airdrops are sent to your account because when you sign up for the bounty, you have to tell them, here's my Ethereum or Bitcoin address or wherever the bounties, you know, whatever blockchain it's using. So they know where to send them. I think that's a pretty cool way to get some free coins, a little bit of activity, a little tweet, a little blog entry, maybe a picture, maybe uh, you put in your signature on Bitcoin talk, you know, that you're, uh, you're supporting a certain ICO and they give you coins for that as well. Yeah, we had a, we did an ICO spotlight on one company that had a great uh, bounty program. That was Paycent. Paycent. Paycent, yes. That was was really, really well done. Yeah, the bad Cryptober one that we did, that, that, that that was pretty well done. I mean, that was really a good bounty program. The only problem is, is that we have to manually send all those things out. So whatever apps and programs these other companies are using, they're doing them automatically, which seems to be way more efficient. Yeah, it does seem to be that way. And I'm actually having a conversation this week with somebody from BitShares or well, not from, they're not like BitShares is an organization, you know, that's centralized, it's decentralized, but somebody who's who knows BitShares well, and I'm going to find out, is there a way that we can do an airdrop of bad coin to any 
BitShares account. I mean, those of you who have been um, getting it for taking actions, you know, we we give everybody fifty thousand just for saying hello on our Facebook page, and then you get a hundred thousand for reviewing us on iTunes or anywhere and screen sharing that and sending it to badcryptopodcast at gmail By the way, please do that. We need your support. That's how this podcast goes up the charts. Every time somebody subscribes and um, reviews, especially iTunes looks at that and says that's really important. So if you haven't done that yet, please do. And it will make a kitten smile somewhere. Uh, Yes. Or or if you actually have a significant other who also has a device, go ahead and do another review over there, regardless if they like crypto or not. (laughs) Yeah. Blow blow it up. Show your bad crypto love. Yes. Yeah. People of bad cryptopia show us your love (laughs) we love you no matter what but i'm wondering if there is a way to drop ten thousand bad coin to every account you know that's active on BitShares. Uh, but anyway there's a couple great links in the show notes that we want to share with you one of them is on bitcointalk.org and this is actually a board on bitcoin talk where they discuss uh various altcoin bounty programs. I mean, they just, they go on here for days. Like if you want to get free crypto, then participate in these Mm. bounties. And we can't speak to whether or not these particular ICOs are any good or if these tokens will ever be worth anything. No idea. But there's so many bounty threads. I mean, I'm, oh my goodness, it's so many pages. Pages and pages and pages and pages of them. Yeah, I mean, just today there's pages of them. People talking about all these. Oh my god! Just in the last, in the last, literally 15 minutes, there's like a page. Yeah, like there's a whole page. Wow, I I haven't even dove into any of this right here, Mister <laughs> Joe Khan. This is crazy. It's it's mind blowing, and now it. And makes- most of them are probably shit coins, but I mean, if you get a few coins in there, like imagine if imagine uh, having uh, gotten an airdrop of 266 Ethereum back in the day. Right, because they did that. <laughs> Yeah, I, they, I believe they did that. Now, this may, you know, Bitcoin talk may make this other site pale in comparison, but there's one that I found called icobounty.co. And if up at the top you click bounty catalog, it lists far fewer companies. There's still quite a bit. There's got to be, I don't know, I want to say 40, 30, 40 on the page. And you can click on any of the ICOs that are going on and it will tell you specifically, for example, I don't know anything about the Datum network, but it says the Datum bounty, they're giving away 30 million DAT worth 3,000 Ethereum. And the program started September 4th. It ends November 17th. And they're going to distribute via Facebook campaigns, 6 million DATs. Via Twitter campaign, 6 million. Via their media campaign, 9 million. If you'll translate their page into a language that they're not currently in. 10% of the rewards are going to that. And if you'll put um, in your signature something about them according to what their specs are, they're giving away $6 million on that total. And it gives all the terms and conditions for exactly what you need to do for each of these campaigns. So I don't know if it'll all the way down to the bottom of that page there, Joel, you can see there's an arrow. So there's actually three pages of those. So that means there's at least a hundred ICOs. Oh, wow. ICO bounty.co that are giving away coin. Yeah. I did not. Now I do see that. That's uh, it almost makes me want to, you know, tell my assistant, Hey, go do 10 of these and let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I've got a, a, 
I like to tweet blockchain stuff on my Twitter account and I've got 915,000 followers. So you would think that they would be glad to, you know, pay me a piece of bounty mm-hmm. for sharing a tweet uh, on Twitter, but you guys can go do this too. That's yeah. Go check and if you it. find it, if you guys are going through and you find something that look really, really good that maybe we should have on as an ICO spotlight. I mean, make sure, you know, let us know. We'll, we'll reach out to them and see if they want to be on the show. If they're a solid uh, company. Yeah, you might even, if you want to reach out to them and and tell them, you know, these guys have a sponsored show that they do. And we'll give uh, you a bounty. We might Ooh. give you, yeah. We, in fact, if if we end up researching, doing our due diligence, like them, invite them to the show and they accept, then, uh, then you might get an airdrop from us. Now, there's one more story I want to talk about here, Travis, and that is just, this was on coincenter.org. And we're linking to this in the show notes. It says a token airdrop may not spare you from securities regulation. So as always, we want you to, you know, be fully aware that the regulations from the SEC are still not clear on a lot of things. And if yes, in some SECs can be securities that you still might, you know, if you're giving them away, then you still might be under securities laws. I can't imagine there's any problems with receiving them, though. If you think about this, an airdrop in this case is very good. However, I was just in Berlin, and if I was in Berlin and there was an airdrop going on, that's probably not a good place to be. <laughs> and on that, we should drop it. Uh, by, by the way, our airdrop still continues. We are giving away the free bad coin, and so even though bad Cryptober is coming to an end, there will be more opportunities. And I mentioned in the last episode that we're going to do something really special for our 50th episode. And we will tell you about that this week, how you can participate in that. And uh, Mr. Travis Wright, you got anything else? Hey, I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you guys from the girls for tuning in and listening to our show and sharing it and, and, uh, and being a part of the community. We have a lot of places that people are connected. And I'm just grateful and thankful for all you guys, because it, it, it is amazing to me, how this community has grown and how you guys are helping each other out and sharing great thoughts. And we love you. And we're just getting started because crypto is still in the very early phases. Lots of great content coming your way. And Travis and I should be doing a live show soon as well that we'll invite you to so you can actually interact and engage and ask questions on the Facebook Live. So until next time, in your best Czech Republic accent, because that's where you are now. I've I've doxed you. Mm -hmm. Take us out of here. I must ask, you must stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.